Welcome to A Star Witness. Hello everyone, this is Kayla bringing another episode. And before we get started, let's say a word of prayer so the Lord will be with us as we read and examine what he would have us to know. And with that, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for another day of life and health. And we thank you so much for the knowledge and the blessings that you have given to us. Lord, we ask that you continue to lead us higher and help us to give up those things in our life that are holding us back from a relationship with you or from become a better person. Lord, help us to pray more often and to seek you so that we do not fall into the adversary's temptations and snares that he sets before us. We ask that you continue to give us a knowledge of your word and of your son. And we thank you so much for hearing and answering our prayer. And we ask all this in your holy, precious, wonderful son's name. Amen. All right, so today I want to read a passage from Steps to Christ. But before I do that, I'm going to read some Bible verses. So Matthew 6:33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Matthew 6:6 6, 6 says, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father, which is in secret, and thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. And Romans 10:17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So here we have a theme going on, as I'm sure you can understand. We need to spend time with God. It is so important to seek God first, because when we seek God first, then rich blessings come our way, and sometimes even trials come our way, and that is a good thing as well, because trials mean that you're doing something right, and the devil doesn't like it, so he brings along things in your pathway so that you can be tested, and then when we pray and we overcome through Christ's strength and through his power, then we have the victory and then we can proclaim his majesty and his wonderful goodness to us that he helped us to gain the victory. And Satan is defeated time and time again. And that comes back to spending time with God, not only in prayer, but through the study of his word and what the spirit of prophecy has to say, because all of it goes hand in hand together. And we have to have all these things so that we can be strong in the faith because we not only have to hear and read, but we have to then do. But how can we do if we are not daily going to the Lord and praying? And so we have time and time again in the Bible where it talks about going to the Lord to pray not only in before other people, but also in secret when no one is around to hear us and when we can really connect to God one-to-one. That is so important. And we have to remember that in 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So sometimes in our devotional time, we will have the Lord telling us things that we need to change about ourselves, about how we could be doing better, about how our character needs to change, about things we might have to change in the way we talk, dress, act, eat, whatever it might be. And those things are sometimes hard for us to hear because we know it's going to require change and change can be a hard thing, but it's not impossible. And it goes back full circle because it's not impossible because of the relationship that we have with Christ and the prayer that we have and that Lord help me and he will help us. And in Matthew 6, 24, it says, no 
man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. We cannot serve the world and serve God at the same time. We have to choose whose side we're on. Are we on Satan's side or are we on God's side? 1 Peter 3.15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. We have to be able to answer people's questions. They will come to us because they see in us that we are proclaiming that we're Christians. We're proclaiming that we love God. And so they're going to ask us different things. Well, why do you keep Saturday instead of Sunday? Why do you believe that the dead stays in the ground? And what do you believe about hell? And all of these different things, they're going to question us. And we have to give them proof from the Bible and the spirit of prophecy. And when we can give them absolute proof that cannot be refuted because it's all based on scripture, then they'll be like, wow, she knows what she's talking about, or he knows what he's talking about. They know their Bible. And that is a really wonderful witness. And sometimes a good witness is not just, hey, quoting all of these Bible verses. Sometimes it's the example that you lead. People can see Christ in you by how you speak, talk, and act when you're around them, you know? And it's very important to show Christ to people. That love of God shining through you is so important because so many people have lost sight of that and have turned people away from Christianity because of the way that they talk and act in front of others. And that is a very somber thought indeed. And remember James 4, 8, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. This is so important. And there's so many other there are many, many Bible verses about this that I highly encourage you to go and study it on your own time and the time that I've been talking to you about in your devotional time set, a time apart. And life is busy. We can fall astray from it. I know it has happened to me many times where I've gone through the whole day without spending time with God and then I'm like, wow, why did I do that? You know, and we don't know when our last moment is. There's so many bad things happening in the world. There's so many things that could go wrong. We need to prepare our hearts and prepare our minds for Christ's soon coming. And we can only do that through having this connection with God. And now I want to read Steps to Christ, page 85 through page 91. And it says, Many are the ways in which God is seeking to make himself known to us and bring us into communion with him. Nature speaks to our senses without ceasing. The open heart will be impressed with the love and glory of God as revealed through the works of his hands. The listening ear can hear and understand the communications of God through the things of nature. The green fields, the lofty trees, the buds and flowers, the passing cloud, the falling rain, the babbling brook, the glories of the heavens speak to our hearts and invite us to become acquainted with him who made all things. And that is an amazing thing to think about. All of the things that we see around us in nature brings us closer to God, brings us that wow factor. Like we look up into the heavens and we see the stars shining bright and we see the moon and the sun shining and the food that we can grow and the beautiful birds and rainbows and all of the beautiful nature all around us. And that to me right there, staring at all of those things says, 
because there is a God who made all of these things for us to enjoy, for us to worship him more with, because it truly takes an intelligent being for all of these things to come into design, even our human body. When you look and study the human body, it is so amazing, so complex that you're like, how could anybody believe that we came from nothing? Because there's just too many amazing things going on in the world around us and in our our very DNA that makes it so amazing that you know it's an intelligent design. I mean, these things don't just happen by accident. And we can look at the world around us and be so appreciative. Even when the days are rainy and cloudy, there's something to be thankful for. The rain provides food. The rain is wonderful to make everything grow. Rain is necessary. And after the rain comes the rainbow. So we have all of these things to keep in mind all of the time. And every time we step out the door, we can be reminded of these things. She continues, our savior bound up his precious lessons with the things of nature, the trees, the birds, the flowers of the valleys, the hills, the lakes, and the beautiful heavens, as well as the incidents and surroundings of daily life were all linked with the words of truth that his lessons might thus be often recalled to mind, even amid the busy cares of man's life of toil. God would have his children appreciate his works and delight in the simple quiet beauty with which he has adorned our heavenly home. He is a lover of the beautiful and above all that is outwardly attractive, he loves beauty of character. He would have us cultivate purity and simplicity, the quiet graces of the flowers. There are so many lessons to be learned from nature if we would just stop and look and take our time to see what God would have us learn from these things. And that's why many of the parables are based upon nature and the object lessons that we see in everyday life to really root it into us to see every time we look upon this everyday object we can think in our mind like hey the Lord used this and was trying to teach me something out of something as simple as a seed. It is truly amazing that God does these things for our own good and for our own benefit. He wants us to listen. He wants us to understand and he knows that these things impress upon our mind the importance of the lessons he wants us to hear and then to apply to our lives. In fact, she says, if we will but listen, God's created works will teach us precious lessons of obedience and trust from the stars that in their trackless courses through space follow from age to age their appointed path down to the minutest atom. The things of nature obey the creator's will and God cares for everything and sustains everything that he has created. He who upholds the unnumbered worlds throughout immensity at the same time cares for the wants of the little brown sparrow that sings its humble song without fear when men go forth to their daily toil as when they engage in prayer when they lie down at night and when they rise in the morning when the rich man feasts in his palace or when the poor man gathers his children about this scanty board each is tenderly watched by the heavenly father no tears are shed that god does not notice there is no smile that he does not mark. That is so beautiful, so precious a thought to have, that God sees everything. He cares about everything and he marks it down. He very carefully keeps track of everything that we do and that is why it's so important to live every moment for him and let no moment betray us and to lead us down the path because sometimes it only takes one step into the darkness before we are plunged deep into darkness and we're like, how did we get here? 
And then years pass by before we even realize it. And we're like, I'm stuck on the same path. I feel like I don't know how I got here, but I say I love the Lord, yet I do all of these things that contradict what I'm saying. But we don't have to stay in those conditions. We don't have to stay in this state of like, I feel lost. I feel like something is missing in me. What is this that I'm yearning for? The answer is simple. Give your heart and your soul to Christ. Let him reclaim it. Let him pull you out of that miry pit and help you to become a better person, to be the person that God wants you to be, the person that he created you to become. We all have a calling. We all have something that he wants us to do for him. And we have to pray and ask the Lord what it is that he is calling us to do. And when we find that purpose and when we find that we are witnessing to others, when we are helping others see the truth in the Lord, there's no greater thing than to lead somebody to Christ. And it is such an amazing thing to tell of the love of God and to share how much that he loves them. And it's something that is so simple yet so hard sometimes because all it requires is believing in something that you cannot see, but something that you know is true without a shadow of a doubt. And that is what true faith is. She says, as your senses delight in the attractive loveliness of the earth, think of the world that is to come, that shall never know the blight of sin and death where the face of nature will no more wear the shadow of the curse. Let your imagination picture the home of the saved and remember that it will be more glorious than their brightest imagination can portray. In the varied gifts of God in nature, we see but the faintest gleaming of his glory. It is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. 1 Corinthians 2, 9. We do not know what is to come. We can imagine what is to come. We have been told even a glimpse of what the heavenly city has inside of it. City of gold, streets of gold, pearl gates that with one pearl, that is the entire gate, which is tall. We don't have those kind of pearls nowadays. We know of the river of water of life streaming out from the throne of God. We know of the tree of life. We know of the sapphire throne. We know so many things, yet we can never really truly picture what it's going to be like like until we actually see it. And when we see it, we will be blown away. It is going to be so amazing. I get goosebumps every time I try to picture it. And I have a very vivid imagination, but even with that vivid imagination, I know that it's nothing compared to what it actually is. And that is the exciting part. Things that we cannot even begin to comprehend. Things that we don't even have here on this earth yet. And that is so exciting. She says, the poet and the naturalist have many things to say about nature, but it is the Christian who enjoys the beauty of the earth with the highest appreciation because he recognizes his father's handiwork and perceives his love in flower and shrub and tree. No one can fully appreciate the significance of hill and vale, river and sea, who does not look upon them as an expression of God's love to man. When you look at the world that way, it changes your viewpoint. When you look at every single blade of grass, every single flower, all of the clouds, all of the things that you see and we take for granted sometimes, when we see that with new eyes, it is like a veil has been opened before our eyes and we see it all in 
in a new light. It is amazing. It is gorgeous. It's so awesome. Even with all of the sin of the past 6,000 years plus some, we still have such a beautiful world. And yes, it is being destroyed by a lot of different things. But even through all of that, there are many places that are just so gorgeous. And it's just amazing that it is held up so much. But imagine what it used to be like and imagine what it will become. There is so much more yet to see. And that is just mind-blowing to me. And it is going to be so awesome to see God remake the world. That is something that will be the best thing you could ever see. Everybody is so excited for all of the new technology and all of the 4D and HD and all of these things that in the world they are excited to see because it is so good with the visuals and the resolutions and all of these things. But imagine seeing creation right in front of your eyes. Nothing compares to that. She continues, God speaks to us through his providential workings and through the influence of his spirit upon the heart. In our circumstances and surroundings, in the changes daily taking place around us, we may find precious lessons if our hearts are but open to discern them. The psalmist tracing the works of God's providence says, The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Whoso is wise and will observe these things, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. Psalms 33, 5 and Psalms 107, 43. There's this game that we used to play and sometimes once in a great while we still play it but not so much anymore but it's a really great game to play with your children on Sabbath. It is a wonderful Sabbath activity. You go out in nature, you collect objects like a leaf, a twig, nothing live, no animals or anything like that and whatever you get, rock, leaf, tree, branch, whatever it is, you bring it inside you blindfold one person and you put an object into their hand and they have to guess what it is once they've guessed what it is they then have to come up with an object lesson about this nature object and they have to say from the Bible and what it reminds them of a Bible story that links to something that Jesus said maybe that they can learn from this nature object and it really makes your mind think and makes you contemplate on God's world. It makes you contemplate on the lessons you can learn from something so simple. It really makes you comprehend and it's so wonderful to get the mind thinking of those things to remember these simple Bible stories and what more you can learn from them because even in a simple Bible story there's so much more that you can glean from it. It is deeper than we realize. There are lessons to be learned in the story of Joseph and Daniel of all of the Bible heroes that we know and love so much. There are more to the stories than meets the eye and that is really exciting when you can delve deep and really get the layers of these stories and then realize how what you can learn from them and how it correlates to things that you might have struggled with and how these men handled the situation and how you will be able to handle the situation better because of the faith that you have and the faith that they exhibit and all of these different things and maybe we'll go through a story one of these days and go through the deeper parts of the story. It's really fascinating, really amazing, and I really enjoy doing it. It takes the story to a whole nother level, and you just appreciate it so much more when you apply it like that. 
that. And that's why you can always learn something new from rereading and rereading the Bible because you forget things, you learn new things, you explore new avenues, and that's what makes it so exciting how deep it really truly goes. And that's why you can never really get bored with studying the Bible because there's so much yet to learn and we will be learning throughout eternity. So we know that we haven't learned everything yet. There will be things in the Bible that will be explained to us that we had no idea was in there. Even with all of our studying, with all of the prayer that we ask the Lord to give us wisdom to study the word of the Lord, there will be things in the Bible that he shows us throughout eternity and we will just be like, how did I not know that this was in there? And we will be blown away. And things that aren't in the Bible either that he will teach us, I'm sure. It is going to be so amazing, so exciting. And that is why we should all strive to be there because heaven is not going to be a boring place. Heaven is going to be an amazing place full of learning, full of adventure, full of love, full of goodness, and full of beauty. And I want to be there and I hope that all of you want to be there as well. Jesus said of the Old Testament scriptures, and how much more is it true of the new? They are they which testify of me, the Redeemer, him in whom our hopes of eternal life are centered. John 5, 39. Yes, the whole Bible tells of Christ from the first record of creation, for without him was not anything made that was made. To the closing promise, behold, I come quickly. We are reading of his works and listening to his voice. John 1, 3 and Revelation 22, 12 are where you can find those verses. If you would become acquainted with the Savior, study the Holy Scriptures, she says. Fill the whole heart with the words of God. They are the living water, quenching your burning thirst. They are the living bread from heaven, Jesus declares. Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. And he explains himself by saying, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. John 6, 53 and 63. Our bodies are built up from what we eat and drink. And as in the natural economy, so in the spiritual economy. It is what we meditate upon that will give tone and strength to our spiritual nature. That is why health and the Bible go hand in hand. We need to have a clear mind in order to understand spiritual things. Spiritual things are spiritually discerned. But how can you discern spiritual things if your mind is clogged with all of the junk that you eat? How are you going to be able to have a good personal walk with God if we do not eat right and live right and have these things going on? We have to be able to have everything a well-balanced lifestyle. We have to have it all incorporated. It can't be just one thing and nothing. We have to do everything. And we have to take care of not only our health, but our spiritual health. So it's important for us to take this time to study, to learn, to grow, to have these things, to contemplate on on these things, to pray, to study. And many of us need to do better at that because we are all at fault with it. She says the theme of redemption is one that the angels desire to look into. It will be the science and the song of the redeemed throughout the ceaseless ages of eternity. Is it not worthy of careful thought and study now? The infinite mercy and love of Jesus, the sacrifice made in our behalf, call for the most sincere and solemn reflection. We should dwell upon the character of our dear Redeemer and intercessor. We should meditate upon the mission of him who came to save his people from their sins. As we thus contemplate heavenly themes, our faith and love will grow 
grow stronger and our prayers will be more and more acceptable to God because they will be more and more mixed with faith and love. They will be intelligent and fervent. There will be more constant confidence in Jesus and a daily living experience in his power to save the uttermost all that come unto God by him. The more that we do, the more that we will become more like him, the more we will become stronger, the more we will get back from it. We give of our time and God gives of his time. And through that connection and through that growth, we, over a process of time, before we even realize, become strong in our faith, strong in the love of God and strong as a Christian and becoming more intelligent through the, the Bible and becoming more like Jesus. And that is something that we all need to strive for, all need to do. And we all need to contemplate on these things, contemplate on heaven of what is to come, of what we can do to be a better person, of how we can reach others for the Lord, how we can be more than what we are. God calls us to be a peculiar people. And being a peculiar people comes with certain stipulations. It comes with standing apart from the world. It comes from being an outcast and having people question you and wonder why you do the things that you do. But that doesn't mean it's not worth it. We have so much to look forward to. And it's not just all of the beauty and all of the wonder that is to come. What should be our focus is the love that God has for us and the love that we have for him. Because without love, it is impossible to please God. Without love, it is impossible to enter heaven. Love is the foundation of everything we do. Love is the reason why we obey the rules that he gives us, the commandments that he shows us. And love is the reason why we want to share with the world his love. It all goes back to that. And even as simple as it sounds, it is the hardest thing to do. Because a lot of us want to hide away our faith when we're in front of a crowd of people because we get ashamed by the peculiar things that we have to do. Praying in public, some people have problems with it. But we should never be ashamed of God. We should never be ashamed of our faith because the Bible says if we are ashamed of God, he will be ashamed of us. So this is very serious. We have to get our acts together. We have to really, truly get right with God because time is running out. She says, as we meditate upon the perfections of the Savior, we shall desire to be wholly transformed and renewed in the image of his purity. There will be a hungering and thirsting of soul to become like him whom we adore. The more our thoughts are upon Christ, the more we shall speak of him to others and represent him to the world. So it's a full circle. The more we love God, the more we spend time with God, the more we love him and the more we want to show that love to the world. Awesome and amazing. The Bible was not written for the scholar alone. On the contrary, it was designed for the common people. The great truths necessary for salvation are made as clear as noonday and none will mistake and lose their way except those who follow their own judgment instead of the plainly revealed will of God. And that's where we have to be careful. We have to very carefully read the Bible. We have to pray before we read the Bible so that the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us into what is the truth. And that is why he also gave us the spirit of prophecy, which is a whole other podcast. But the reason why he gave us the spirit of prophecy is also to make clearer the things that the Bible is telling us. So it is very dangerous to walk a different pathway that God tells us to walk. 
walk because if we start interpreting things in our own way and in a way that we think is right, it will lead us down a wrong way, and whether we realize it or not. And it can be something that we think is so simple that it starts out with something that is, you know, simple. But then as you compromise your values on one thing or another, before you know it, you become a totally different person than you were years ago or even a year ago or even days sometimes. It only takes, depending on the person, it only takes a little while before you become a different person. Sometimes it takes longer than that. It just really depends. But that is why you have to be so careful and on your guard because Satan wants your soul. And he's going to do everything he can, especially mixing truth with error. That is the deadliest form. And Ellen White tells us that. Truth mixed with error. And it might be just a pinch of error mixed with truth, but it's still very dangerous. And that is why we have to take such great care and really study these things out for ourselves and compare line upon line, precept upon precept. Here a little and there a little. And that is how we know whether these things are so by taking it all into consideration and comparing scripture with scripture, line upon line, and really studying it out. She says, we should not take the testimony of any man as to what the scriptures teach, but should study the words of God for ourselves. If we allow others to do our thinking, we shall have crippled energies and contracted abilities. The noble powers of the mind may be so dwarfed by lack of exercise on themes worthy of their concentration as to lose their ability to grasp the deep meaning of the word of God. The mind will enlarge if it is employed in tracing out the relation of the subjects of the Bible, comparing scripture with scripture and spiritual things with spiritual. There is nothing more calculated to strengthen the intellect than the study of the scriptures. No other book is so potent to elevate the thoughts, to give vigor to the faculties, as the broad ennobling truths of the Bible. If God's word were studied as it should be, men would have a breadth of mind a nobility of character and a, and a stability of purpose rarely seen in these times. That is just amazing to even think about. We all need to strive to have this. She says, but there is but little benefit derived from a hasty reading of the scriptures. One may read the whole Bible through and yet fail to see its beauty or comprehend its deep and hidden meaning. One passage studied until its significance is clear to the mind and its relation to the plan of salvation is evident, is of more value than the perusal of many chapters with no definitive purpose in view and no positive instruction and no positive instruction gained. Keep your Bible with you as you have opportunity, read it. Fix the text in your memory. Even while you are walking the streets, you may read a passage and meditate upon it, thus fixing it in the mind. You see, it's not just, oh, let me read through the Bible and say, oh, I read through the Bible how many times I must be a good Christian. No, it's about really taking what you read and contemplating on it and searching it out and seeing what more you can get out of it and the lessons you can learn of it like we were talking about before. You can take a story in the Bible and break it down and really study it on some deep levels and get so much out of that little story 
And that is something that can be way more beneficial for you than to just do a surface level reading of the Bible. Because the Bible is not just about these stories that everybody tells you about. It is about deep things. It's about enriching things. It's about things that can help you. Things that can lead you further on the path to your, to your betterment, to God and to his son who loves you. And the Holy Spirit is there to help you to understand these things and to apply them to your life. She says, we cannot obtain wisdom without earnest attention and prayerful study. Some portions of scripture are indeed too plain to be misunderstood, but there are others whose meaning does not lie on the surface to be seen at a glance. Scripture can be compared with scripture. There must be careful research and prayerful reflection, and such study will be richly repaid. As the miner discovers veins of precious metal concealed beneath the surface of the earth, so so will he who perseveringly searches the word of God as for hid treasure find truths of the greatest value which are concealed from the view of the careless seeker. The words of inspiration pondered in the heart will be as streams followed from the fountain of life. And some of those deeper things are things that are found in the prophets, in Daniel, Revelation, Ezekiel, all of these prophets that have all of these visions. A lot of people don't understand what these visions mean. And I hope to one day get into some of these visions and talk about some of these things that the Bible teaches. It is so deep and so amazing when you hear about all of the things that the Bible teaches you about history, about the things that it predicts, about all of the things that it foretells and has already come to pass and things yet to come. And it's really an amazing thing. And I love studying the prophecies and I love how it all interconnects and how everything came to pass exactly as God said it would and that right there shows me what an amazing God we serve and it is truly awesome to see it for yourself so I highly encourage you to study the out very carefully very prayerfully and just take even a simple story and study it on a deeper level and try to apply it to your life and see what you can get out of it and you will be amazed at what you find in one of those simple Bible stories she says never should the Bible be studied without prayer. Before opening its pages, we should ask for the enlightenment of the Holy Spirit, and it will be given. When Nathanael came to Jesus, the Savior exclaimed, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. Nathanael said, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered, Before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. John 1, 47 and 48. And Jesus will see us also in the secret places of prayer if we will seek him for light, that we may know what is truth. Angels from the world of light will be with those who, in humility of heart, seek for divine guidance. The Holy Spirit exalts and glorifies the Savior. It is his office to present Christ, the purity of his righteousness, and the great salvation that we have through him. Jesus says, he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto me, John 16, 14. The spirit of truth is the only effectual teacher of divine truth. 
How must God esteem the human race since he gave his son to die for them and appoints his spirit to be man's teacher and continual guide? That is lovely indeed. And we are greatly blessed to have all of this knowledge and have all of these things at our fingertips. And we need to get back to studying. We need to get back to praying. We need to have this connection with God that he longs to have for us, that he's pleading to have for us. And it is so very, very important and that's why we are told about it time and time again and I want you to really consider this and and study this out for yourself in fact because we can study about studying even which is funny but this is exactly what we need we need to come back to the Lord because angels are watching all of the world is watching the other worlds Jesus the Father the Holy Spirit all of them are watching to see what we do with our life what we lead how we act and they're waiting to have us join them in heaven to see the beauty that they have prepared for us. And I want to be there with them, and I hope that you do as well. And now I want to sing this song. It is called Holy, Holy is what the angels sing. There is singing up in heaven such as we have never known. Where the angels sing the praises of the Lamb upon the throne. Their sweet harps are ever tuneful and their voices always clear. Oh, that we might be more like them while we serve the Master here. Holy, holy is what the angels sing. And I expect to help them make the chords of heaven ring. But when I sing redemption's story, they will fold their wings. For angels never felt the joys that our salvation brings. But I hear another anthem blending voices clear and strong unto him redeemed us and hath brought us is the song we have come through tribulation to this land so fair and bright in the fountain freely flowing he hath made our garments white holy holy is what the angels sing and i expect to help them make the chords of heaven ring but when i sing redemption's story they will fold their wings for angels never felt the joys that our salvation brings then the angels stand and listen for they cannot join the song like the sound of many waters by that happy blood-washed throng for they sing about great trials battles fought and victories won and they praise that great redeemer who hath said to them well done holy
So although I'm not an angel yet, I know that over there I will join a blessed chorus that the angels cannot share. I will sing about my Savior who upon our cavalry freely pardoned my transgressions, died to set the sinner free. story and it starts now and it starts here with us doing our part and part of that is making sure that we fall in love with our savior and spending time with him here on here here on earth because if we don't spend time with him here on earth why would we want to spend time with him in heaven and that is something that we have to ask ourselves each and every day and the devil will try to tempt us and try to get us to not study the bible he doesn't want us to study the bible he trembles when we study the bible so with all of this being said remember what it says in matthew 5 16 let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven with that being said let your light so shine so that you are a star witness for the lord